Well, 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 what a super wild card weekend it was. The NFL reigns supreme. Every single game, absolutely electric. I would say if I were to rank them, I would rank the Niners Seahawks last out of all of them just because of the, you know, it was 41 to 23. It was a hell of a game, though, all the way until what, Rowdy? Like the fourth quarter is when the Niners put an 18? Just the second half in general, yeah. the uh, the Niners started putting it on Seattle. So it was still an entertaining game, don't get me wrong. Geno Smith turned into Geno, Geno Smith. Smith. Yeah, they wrote him off. He didn't write him back. Well, I think he wrote him back uh, to say... Well, I'm out of the playoffs, and he still. What did he say? He wanted to end his career with the Seahawks. So he hopes to be back, but the Niners' roster is just so good, and Brock Purdy, just a baller, Mister Irrelevant. What a story for Brock Purdy! Uh, and then, dude, I debated, I debated on going to bed at halftime uh, the for the Chargers Jags game as the Chargers were up. What was it? Twenty-seven to nothing, right? Twenty-seven, or was it twenty-seven to seven? Whatever it was, they were up huge. And then I'm like, do I go to bed or don't I go to bed? Well, I'm going to watch it because it's the NFL playoffs. You don't know what's happened. And there's one thing that always is in the back of my mind, Rowdy. The Chargers are their own worst enemy. Game in and game out. It doesn't matter. The Chargers will always find a way to choke. And what happened, Rowdy? Saturday night? Yeah, the Jaguars came back and won 31 to 30 in a thriller. So, yeah, you, wow. you're not wrong. It was 27 to nothing. Okay, and then the Jags scored right before halftime to make it 27 7. Yeah, that and game. And then Trevor, Wall, Wall, uh, Trevor Lawrence went to a Waffle House after the game to celebrate. Did you see that? Trevor Lawrence <laughs> went from looking like a Nathan Peterman to Joe Montana in a half. Yeah, what do you have? Four, he had four, four interceptions. interceptions. And, and he threw three of them in the first quarter. In fact, I think I saw on the Chargers that the Chargers made history. They're the first team in NFL playoff history to lose with a five-plus turnover margin. Wow. The no, Chargers they, were showing, they were showing Wow! That. So in the first half, well, even the first quarter, like I said, Trevor Lawrence threw three picks, four total, and Asante Samuel looked like he owned he Trevor did, Lawrence. He a hat-trick, didn't he? And... They were flashing up the plus minuses for turnovers and what your percentage of winning was yeah. because they just started bum rushing Jacksonville because they had <laughs> short fields and turnovers <laughs> left and right. And they showed if you win the game by three plus turnover margin, your odds of winning were 96.8%. Jesus. And that was that was three plus turnovers. I couldn't yeah. imagine the if you actually <laughs> went and found what five meant. Well, I mean, I think I saw the graph of their win probability, the Chargers. It literally looks like their logo. Like, it went up, and then it was all the way to the top of, like, to win, and then just cratered down like the lightning bolt that well, they I had. Saw, I saw a meme on uh, online after all of it went down. It was, like, the Los Angeles Chargers' new logo, and it was basically <laughs> like the Atlanta Falcon logo, but in Charger colors, yeah. but the wing was the lightning bolt. <laughs> uh, you're up 27 to nothing, and you end up losing 31 to 30. Wow. Uh, and then, yes, waffle. I have never personally been to a Waffle House. Uh, apparently, it's They're all good. the rage. They actually are good. Uh, were you there when you were there, Rowdy? Was there a fight? I feel like there's always a fight no. afterwards. It was just a guy that was cooking right in front of us because a lot of their, a lot, well, all the Waffle House I've been to, like they literally yeah, cook it like, yeah, like right yeah, behind. Yeah, the kitchen's like right. I've seen pictures and whatnot. But yeah, I don't understand them. A little southern drawl for you? Oh, it was heavy. <laughs> Could not understand a but word. But the food was good? It was like you were making out every other word <laughs> and what it meant. But the food, had, I've been to probably, man, in my life, 
four or five Waffle House, all in Man. all in different areas. I got to get the one. All of them good. I got to get the one. Uh, apparently, that's where you host uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars after you get a playoff win. The, the, Trevor Lawrence is like, you know what? I'm going to come in after throwing four interceptions, but then four touchdowns. I'll go check out Waffle House. And then yesterday, you had three games, if that wasn't wild enough for Saturday night. Dolphins, Bills, there was a situation happening in Buffalo as the Bills hang on to win 34-31. to I had no idea that Skylar Thompson and the Miami Dolphins had that much fight in them. Uh, it was aided by some Josh Allen turnovers, but my God. Bills, Dolphins, 34-31, that was electric. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> it's just I was just looking up uh, waffle houses. <laughs> Where's the closest one? According to the internet, the just, closest one wrong. and the only one in Wisconsin is Monroe. Monroe? That's what it says. There's one in Monroe. That's uh, supposedly. There's no. I have to go look into it. I didn't know that there was anything. I there's no way. <laughs> That's I gotta go look into this. What, it, it could be outdated. Not going to put it past the Waffle House being outdated out there, uh, dot coms. I, 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 it's popping up here on Google for me. I have to go look into this. Didn't uh, know that uh, Waffle House has got this north. I'm going to look into that. We're going to look into that. Research department's on it. And then uh, after Bill's Dolphins, this is hilarious to me. Blow the horn. The Giants, as predicted accurately by Rowdy over here, the Giants go into U.S. Bank Stadium and beat the luckiest team, well, I guess their luck ran out. In the Minnesota Vikings, 31-24. to L-O-L or skull L-O-L. Yeah, and that was one where the Giants, they didn't luck into anything. The Giants basically, it was a back-and-forth game or the Giants had the lead pretty much all game. Daniel Jones was a baller. Uh, you know, you said the Vikings luck ran out, but uh, I would say the referees and the Vikings in general were trying to pull that horseshoe out of their ass <laughs> one last time towards the end of the game. Yeah, Vikings opened up with like a scoring drive and then it just all kind of unraveled from there. I mean, Kirk Cousins wasn't bad or anything like he was. I mean, it's their defense. Their, yeah, defense, their defense was terrible was all year. Daniel Jones was like freaking Michael Vick out there running around, believe it or not. And Saquon Barkley was a man possessed, too. That was a hell of a game. And then last night, you, you, you capped it all off for Sunday out of the AFC. The Bengals hang on to win a huge fumble recovery, 98-yard uh, fumble recovery touchdown as the Bengals beat the Ravens 24-17. Yeah, that game, such a lot, such a lot of wild games just in it's general. Crazy. It was a great weekend. It looked like, so if you just go back from the start, it looked like the Chargers were going to absolutely blow out the Jags. Yeah. The Jags come back and win. Wild. It looked like the Bills were absolutely going to blow out the Dolphins when they're up 17 to nothing right away. Yeah. Dolphins come back, make it a game, and it goes into the last couple minutes until it's decided. No, the Dolphins were leading for a while. Well, yeah, I'm just saying yeah. it, no, in yeah, general, no, no, yeah. it goes right down to the last couple minutes, yeah. even though that looked like the Bills were going to blow them out. It looked like the Bills were going to blow the doors off them again in the second half, and then they came. Same thing yeah. Sunday night. The Bengals were up 9 to nothing because their kicker missed an extra point, <laughs> and it looked like they were going to drive right down the field again and make it, I don't know, 13 to nothing or 12 to nothing yeah. or 16 to nothing, whatever it was going to be. A Hayden Hurst fumble, and all of a sudden the Ravens are up ten to nine at halftime. Yeah, only for that to have probably the craziest game, maybe of the entire weekend, where the bank. I don't know if you saw this, but the the Bengals and Ravens, Tyler Hudley, 
jumps to go across <laughs> the line. It, like we're talking, it's seventeen to seventeen. There's what four or five minutes left. It looks like Tyler Hudley is about to cross the goal line yeah. to give the Baltimore Ravens a twenty four seventeen lead. It gets knocked out of his hands into Hubbard's hands, who then runs it ninety eight yards back for a touchdown. Yeah. 24-17 Bengals. It very easily was about a foot away from being 24-17 Ravens. And then at the very end, Bengals got to punt the football back to <laughs> Baltimore. Baltimore gets it to about the Bengals 30. And then on a fourth and 20, Hudley scrambles just enough to throw one into the end zone. It gets batted around by a couple of guys and nearly falls into the arms of a Raven in the back of the end zone, but he misses it by about a foot since he holds on. uh, NFL was so wild this weekend. It was a lot of dramatics. I will say that it was everything you wanted and more. Uh, Roger Goodell must have been smiling ear to ear uh, for everything that unfolded. And then it's not done. You have one more game tonight. Big Mike and the Dallas Cowboys are going to Tampa Bay to take on Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. So we'll get into that. Uh, people inspired. So a lot of NFL, obviously, today. Super Wild Card Weekend upon us. And then Brian Gutekunst, Packers GM, spoke with the media on Friday. We'll play that stuff coming up. The Badger basketball team, they need a lot of help. Um, I think the biggest thing is get Tyler Wall back as they lose again. And this was... <laughs> That was not a pretty loss. Um, Losses aren't usually pretty. This was an ass-whooping of biblical proportions uh, in Indiana. And the Bucs back at it tonight, uh, this afternoon, excuse me, uh, MLK Day. So you have the Bucs going on 130 against the Indiana Pacers. So there you go. Speaking of uh, getting written off but not writing back, um, can I write off the Badgers without Tyler Wall yeah. unless they're playing like the Gophers in Nebraska? Good. It's not good. It is not good. All right, let's start it off. First call of the day, our guy Pete Monona. Good morning, Pete. Uh, last night I, I uh, turned on – well, I turned – I listened on the, on, uh, the internet to KFAN in Minnesota because I wanted <laughs> to hear their postgame show, the, you know, and, 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 and kind of contrast to, to what I hear here. My, yeah, how, my yeah tell us about it. Tell us about it. What's well – uh, you know they're Minnesota nice. I mean they really are. It, it's it, it's it, it was. The, I mean they were really disappointed, but mostly it was like, well, you know, we had a good year and we'll get them next year. And and they're and they're not. They're really not as vicious. I mean, no, you know, well. not not. Not bringing up anybody in particular, but there was a person on the state station last week at six o five in the morning who wanted to clean house of uh, you know of uh, clean the Packers house, but you didn't get any of that with on Vikings. It's like well, you I mean they are mad at the at the defense, you know, and maybe we ought to get a defense new defensive coordinator, but let's give him more of a chance. And they and they don't hate on their quarterback, you know. It was it. They really, they really are Minnesota nice. They, but they were disappointed. But it wasn't like you know they weren't going to jump jump off a building. It was like we're we're going to get them next year. Do you think it's because they have no championships and the social? Just... Well, no, but th- that would seem like it for, for me. <laughs> I would be more frustrated, you know, because I mean that's a good question. Like, which would you be more frustrated? Never having a championship or having thirteen of them and expecting another one? I want, yeah, I wonder. No, never having one. Yeah, because because it's. Like, like uh, Casablanca will always have Paris, you know, and, and I mean, Cubs fans, you know, they get one every century 
and and that you know they can they'll live off of that until you know the 21st century or 22nd century. Yeah. yeah. So that's the same thing with the, you know, with the White Sox. Or if the Brewers somehow, you know, want to pen it. Yeah, people would oh. live off of that for as long as possible. Hey, Pete, you the Brewers? We get to talk some Brewers today? <laughs> you'll, like, you'll like this one. Hey, Rowdy, what are the Brewers not doing with Corbin Burns? Spending money, <laughs> paying. They're in arbitration battle right now, Pete, over how much? $750,000. We'll, we'll do that a little later, Pete. That'll be fun. But, but I, you know, it, it, was really, it was really amazing. I mean, they just weren't, they, it, there wasn't the venom there, but they, they were, you know, oh, but they did say the same thing like, oh, our offensive coordinator, I mean, defensive coordinator doesn't make uh, uh, changes at halftime, you know, oh, yeah. that kind of stuff. But, and, yeah. and the, uh, the, the announcers weren't they they weren't as ang- they weren't angry either they're just re- i guess they're just resigned to it they're resigned they say of all what would you say casablanca beat of all the gin joints in all the towns in the world the loser yeah. had to walk into mine you know <laughs> here's looking oh, at you vikings uh my compliments to rowdy on uh his prediction that uh uh the Vikings were going to lose that, you know, that, that was, yeah. Hey, hey that, Pete, I'll say this. He had a clean sweep of the NFL. Uh, well, we'll see were, what happens tonight with the Buccaneers though. Rowdy had a clean sweeper so far of the NFL. So we, Oh, and uh, I, I'm thinking that the uh, 49ers are looking pretty good for the Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, Pete, I have to ask Pete, how was, um, I, I saw your Facebook post. How was the uh, Saturday or when did you go to the Overture Center? What'd you, how was it? Was it the Overture Center? No, I, I I went to a movie theater to see a oh that's what it was uh, uh, an opera. Oh yeah, how was that? Was it good stuff? Yeah, I mean, I yeah. And how many that, people that were stuff, there? Oh, they're not a lot. I mean, but I go over uh, uh, to Sun Prairie. The it's the West yeah, Side the Theater that's yeah. filled up. Oh. but no, it's yeah. I I mean, you you have it's something that you have to like. But by the way, not everyone. I don't like every one of them because. Yeah. Now that I know something about it, I mean, I I can you know actually. Palace, Palace Theater is awesome though. Uh, I huh? love the Palace the Palace Theater in Sun Prairie. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, like well, that. you know they, but uh, it, it's got great sound and and uh, the people in the movie theater, you know, probably hear Ooh. and see things better than they do live and yeah. at the Met Opera. Hey, Pete, I'll tell you this too. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but every Wednesday at the Palace uh, in Sun Prairie, the Marcus Palace. They have at six o'clock. There's bingo. It's free bingo, so you can win free movies, uh, free passes, free concessions, or up to ten thousand dollars. Yeah, do well, up. you know, I'm a, I'm the right age for that. Yes, yeah, so if you want to win like free movie swagger uh, for free movies, go check it out at Wednesdays oh, at six at Palace. I you look, I, I'm not getting any money for this. I just want to recommend the, uh, <laughs> uh, people if they get a chance to see Babylon. It's a great movie. Okay, cool. Good stuff, man. Oh, who do you yeah. got tonight? Cowboys or Bucks? Uh, oh, Cowboys, but I'm, but the 49ers are looking pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See you, Pete. Good stuff. I have in my possession the final call from Paul Allen, Minnesota Vikings play-by-play guy. I will play it coming up. It's not as electric as some of the other ones because it kind of was anti, I mean, it was, but it wasn't anticlimactic with the Vikings losing. It was funny to see Kirk Cousins check down, though, on what a fourth and eight for them to lose. That Giants team, man, is the NFC North, the the NFC North just suck, Rowdy, or is the NFC East and everyone out of it just so much better? Or is it just, hey, it is what it is. I mean, the Giants found a way to get it done, and the Vikings' luck just ran out. Well, I think, uh, remember we were going back through the luck factor, if all luck was even? Yeah. The Packers were a nine-win team, the Lions were an eight-win team, and the Vikings were an eight-win team. 
you could argue through that just purely on luck, the Vikings were the third best team in the NFC North, but they were the only team that were representing the North in the postseason. It was funny as uh, I know we've had some Vikings fans call in and I want to hear from you guys. Make sure you're doing okay. Like I'm sick of you guys talking about this luck stuff. Even on the broadcast last night, uh, watching the game, the the announcer was like, and the Vikings have been the luckiest team in the league, blah, 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 blah. Talking about luck. It's a real thing. Like it's, it's a real thing. Clearly it was last night because, uh, the Giants are, by luck metrics, a pretty lucky team. Yeah. But when you look there, the the Vikings were also bad at yards per play. And yards per play, some people can scoff at it, but others, it's like, hey, well, if you are getting, say, five yards per play, this is how they, this is another way they come up with like NFL lines. If you are, if you are having five yards per play, if you're the Vikings offense, but your defense is giving up seven yards per play. You're minus two on yards for every single yeah. play. And if both both teams, you know, both squads have 50 plays, that's 100. <laughs> you're now 200 yards in the bag. You get what I'm saying? Like <laughs> yeah, your offense, you're already minus 200 yards of offense compared to the team that you're compared. If yeah. that was the example. Yeah. And clearly, if you simulate that 100 times, how many games are you really going to win being minus 200 in total yards? Not going to be good. Exactly. Now They were terrible in yards per play, too. Now, for the game yesterday for the Vikings, Kirk Cousins was good. Like, he was 31 of 39, 273 yards, uh, two touchdowns. Kirk Cousins, also a rushing touchdown. I mean, he was he was good. And, I mean, there's one thing. Like, Kirk Cousins was solid yesterday, but here's the other thing. Kirk Cousins is so interesting to me because he can play really well. You know that there's also been those, you know, theories where he only plays good at noon, noon games starts yeah, and blah, blah, blah. But shouldn't he play pretty well? Like if he has time to throw the football, shouldn't he play well? It, it's yes. an offensive driven yeah. league where it, it, it favors passing. You have a top five, Justin, wide receiver, Jefferson. Jeff, Justin Jefferson, you have Adam Thielen who's solid. And he's like your aging Jordy of the, the Packers. The new tight end you got in TJ Hawkinson. Hawkinson's solid. Irv Smith had a lot of ability, but he's been hurt often mm-hmm. in his career. He's now back. Uh, KJ Osborne has broken onto the scene this year. Delvin Cook. Yeah. I mean, the dude has a ton of weapons to throw to. Could you imagine if Rodgers Rogers was thrown into that offense? Oh, the Vikings are slacked, locked and loaded with weapons. Do you think that people are calling Aaron Rodgers washed up no. if he plays in the Vikings offense? No. Imagine if Rodgers went 31 to 39, 273 yards, two touchdowns and a rushing touchdown and had all those weapons. You'd be Once again, here's what the story would be about the Packers if that was a situation. Fire the defensive coordinator. The defense stinks. It's the same thing with everyone can say that uh, Brock Purdy's playing really well. And I mean, for a kid that was the last pick in the draft and really probably 50 50, whether he was going to make the roster or not. Yeah. Yeah. He has played well, but imagine putting a legit superstar quarterback on that team. It's a team with Debo Samuel, uh, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, yeah, yeah. Brandon. Ayuk. It's locked and loaded. You get what I'm saying. Yeah. The offense is studly. And then <laughs> you look at the Vikings. He, and then that's the other thing. You know how we may, well, I did. You you defended McCarthy. When he doesn't have Rodgers or, or Favre, his offense has been pretty bad with backup quarterbacks. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan's system is so good that it's like plug and play with quarterback. And quarterback is obviously the most important position. Now, granted, their roster on defense is really deep, and you look at all their superstars. But you can go back to like 2018 
And I think that was the year that Jimmy G tore his ACL. Yeah, I think they so. were plugging and playing backups like left and right, and still being competitive to to solid every single year. Yeah, yeah. I think that says a lot about Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I mean, the Niners are just locked and loaded, man. They're stacked, and the Vikings again. It's another year of no Super Bowl trophy. What is it? Uh, nothing. You have one championship before the merger. And now our Vikings fans out there are left wondering, what the hell, man? Uh, how do you guys feel? How is Vikings fans feeling today? Uh, I know our guy Eric on I-90, I'm sure. I hope we hear from him today. He was like, how bad do you guys want us to you know, to lose? This is on Friday. And everyone's like, I want the Vikings to just fall flat on their face. They lost. I mean, Giants just kept punching right back. Daniel and the, Jones. And the Giants balling. got that done where their highest paid wide receiver had less than 10 catches this year. <laughs> Kenny Galladay yeah. is their highest paid Kenny, wide receiver. Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay hasn't been good since he wore a Lions jersey. When's the last time he like uh, played? He hardly played at all the last <laughs> few years. But like, remember they had Kadarius Tony yeah. traded. Tony. Uh, Kenny Galladay hurt all season. They're like top three or four wide receivers were hurt this year. Remember we were talking about that uh, when uh, the Packers were struggling yeah. and we're like, hey. Uh, Packers are supposed to be good, but they have all these injuries. Well, how can they not figure out how to run the football? Yeah. Like the giants were running the football because they had Barkley and Jones Mm -hmm. and every single receiver and tight end like hurt. Yeah. But they found ways to win games. Mm -hmm. Um, Isaiah Hodgins came out of nowhere and now he's like a legit receiver. Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean this, this, this giants team, man, Daniel Jones was looking awesome. I mean, he had 17 carries, 78 yards. He was like just, what, he threw a stiff arm on Patrick Peterson and knocked him to the ground in the game. Daniel Jones was balling See, yesterday. I saw some tweets that I really agree with, and Daniel Jones just put New York in like the toughest position possible. Because they didn't pick up his fifth year, right? Like They didn't pick up yeah. his fifth year because he absolutely he stunk. Yeah, he, he sucked. He, he played what? Remember when his rookie year, Eli Manning was still the quarterback for the Giants, but Eli Manning was just, oh, he was he was a shell of what he was, and he was just barely holding on. He, he looked old. That who farted face was always out in the field like, I stink. And Daniel Jones came in and looked good for like two games, and everyone anointed him like the next Tom Brady. Um, there was one guy that said he was going to be like the next like biggest thing in the NFL. And then after those first two games... He completely sucked. Yeah, he came. And then he sucked year two, and he sucked year three, and he came into this year, and they're like, we're not picking up your fifth year no, option. No. And he played really well. Now, is that just the fact that the Giants, their coaching staff was so pitiful before <laughs> they brought in Brian Dayball, who, let's not forget, Brian Dayball, uh, he was there and was working with Josh Allen for Josh Allen's best years. Yeah. Now, a lot of people still see Josh Allen as a top quarterback in the league, but he turned the ball over 30 times this year. Just putting that out there. <laughs> just That's putting, a crap ton. Just putting that out there. Just but uh, out yeah, there. Daniel Jones, they used him a little bit more running the football, a little bit easier reads. And I mean, now all of a sudden you got one year of production, production, three years of crap. Mm-hmm. Are you going to pay him? Are you not? Because he's going to command a, big predicament. a lot more money than if he had just been average this year. Yep, big time, dude. Because do you pay a guy well, off of one year they, production? Didn't they sit on the broadcast too? Like Daniel Jones has put the Giants in quite the predicament. I, I forget exactly what they said, but yeah, what do you do if you're the Giants? Because Daniel Jones must feel slighted. Like and, I think this is a guy that you're not paying him top dollar, but no. you're paying him, and he, he's because you win in the playoffs. If he plays like he did this year. He's good enough to win a Super Bowl if you put a team around yeah. him. 
But if you pay a guy and What's you Barkley get the first on? three years, he's terrible. What's There's Saquon? No Barkley on Saquon, right now. I believe, is a free agent. I was too. Say, he's a free agent too. So the Giants have got some uh, some wonderings to do it now. Now here's the thing, Rowdy. When someone's in a contract year, I know Daniel Jones is like looking to get paid somewhere, maybe with the Giants. You, hopefully, he doesn't go the way. If you're the Giants fan base and the staff, hopefully, he doesn't go the way of a Nick Perry. Remember when Nick Perry was in a contract yeah. year with the Packers? I know different position, defense, whatever. Nick Perry was like bet on himself. He hit, was pretty good. The Packers gave him big money, and then what happened? He absolutely sucked. Didn't Nick Perry feel like he played his entire career with like a cast on? Yeah, the big club. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nick Perry. I think, his, I think he I think he broke his hand once and then he just got comfortable with the club. Dude, I just like, like this. I, I just like to have like this aesthetics. club on. Yeah. Looks good. Looks good. <laughs> it always felt like he had a broken hand. What do you do with Daniel Jones, New York? What do you do? Well, here's the thing. They're still alive. So Danny Dimes. Could you imagine paying Daniel Jones big time money and he plays like years one through three? You're screwed. I feel like that's going to happen, though. Like, it's going to go the way of the Nick Perry route. The guy in a contract year wants to, like, show some, like, some, you know, that he's worth big money. And then once he gets big money, just or do you nothing look at happens. It, do you look at it this way? Brian Dayball was so good with Daniel Jones and he was so bad in the first three years that he can take another journeyman quarterback or a young quarterback and make them better. <laughs> And we wouldn't have to pay them. It's uh, the whole debate. Oh, Tyler Wall, we need you back ASAP. Desperately, we need your scoring. We need your defense. We need your rebounds. Tyler Wall, Badgers are now 0-3 without you. And it was not pretty down in Indiana. We'd like him to come back so bad. Yikes, that game was tough. Yeah, so if you watch the game, Badgers just trailing by one point at halftime, but Indiana had so many opportunities in that first half. It was just a Mason's convention from both teams shooting the basketball. And then all of a sudden, Indiana's like, hey, maybe we should play through Jackson Davis. And hey, maybe we should knock down some of these open shots. Might as well. But my goodness. What was it at halftime? Like 22 to 21 to 20. (laughs) Well, neither team could shoot the basketball. Both teams were shooting below 30%. Both teams were shooting below like 20% from three. And the Badgers could not hit a free throw. It was bad. It was bad, bad. Like when Tyler Wall was healthy and you were playing Carter Gilmore about 15 tough minutes and Marcus Ilver was playing like five minutes, like they could be gritty enough to be competitive. Yeah. But now all of a sudden when Gilmore's getting 35 minutes and Ilver's getting 15 minutes in these three games where Tyler Wall is there, you're basically just getting exposed and seeing. Well, these guys just aren't good enough to play Big Ten basketball. Yeah, I know. And some of them just they're they're too young to be on the court. They're not ready for this. Mm-hmm. And Indiana, when you're talking about Indiana, I mean Jackson Davis is I mean, an all one of the Big best. Ten player. Yeah. It's like my biggest the question was why did Indiana not go through Jackson Davis earlier? Yeah, I don't get it. Especially when Stephen Crowell wasn't even guarding was him full time. And and he was taking care of well, Stephen Crowell, but like they were playing Gar- Carter Gilmore on him for a lot of the time, and it's like, dude, 
I would just get a post touch every single time down. Yeah, the big two for the Badgers, Crowell and Chucky Hepburn, they were both abysmal. They went six for 18, and they were it was tough. They went 32.1% from the floor. Uh, they hit five of their 24 shots from deep, and they uh, that 20.2% clip marked the season low. Wisconsin also, as Rowdy said, four of 11 from the free throw line. Uh, dude, it was awful. It was bad in every aspect remember, of the game. Remember, like, I'm so happy I was at a wrestling you, tournament. You missed nothing besides <laughs> it was a headache. Ter- it was well, a terrible and it's one game. of those, I saw the final but, score, and I was like, I'm here's, to watch. Actually, there's one positive about all of this. Connor Asijan was the only player in double fig, uh, digits. Yeah. And uh, he also had the most minutes he's ever played. And afterwards, Garda was talking about how it sounds like he needs to have more minutes. Therefore, I think he's going to be starting finally. This is the thing oh. that bugs me. Jordan Davis needs it. This is the thing that bugs bench. me about Wisconsin basketball and, you know, a lot of like the Wisconsin basketball Old timer type fans get the most rebounds too. A uh, Siegen, yeah, he, he was the balling. people that say he needs to earn playing time so and, and he's young and he so needs dumb. to work on this. He needs to work. He's clearly one of your best shooters. He's clearly one of your best scorers. We'll figure out defense on the fly. Tell me outside of Chucky Hepburn, who's another guy that consistently scores on this team? Crowell had six freaking points. Yeah. Crowell was really good for a four-game stretch, three-game stretch leading up to that. And what but did then a he lot of those games that he went off have in common? They were terrible teams yeah. or they were soft inside. Yeah, and he ate, but Indiana but is without, strong inside. Without Tyler Wall, outside of Chucky Hepburn, seriously, who can go get you a bucket? Yeah, it's Connor Siegen needs to be playing, and all the people are like, well, he's young. He needs a little... You need to stop with the There's young There's no one that's better than him. Hey, it's like Rowdy, the, this is how it's judged. It's like the it's people so back in the day. It's he had people back rebounds. in the day that were like, hey, no freshman in high school can be on varsity yeah. because they're just... Too, Clearly, it's like, okay, say you get like a Derrick Henry and Adrian Peterson that's 14 years old and looks like they're 25. <laughs> Clearly, they're ready for it. There yes. was a high school play. that had Michael Jordan, and he didn't even make the Connor, team. Connor Siegen had 14 points and 12 rebounds. <laughs> Hepburn had eight points. Crowell just had five. And Siegen out-rebounded Stephen Crowell. Yes, he needs Nine more playing time. Rebounds. Yeah. You can see there were times where Connor Siegen was coming off of a screen and Indiana got a little physical with him. Yeah. Or there were times where he, he had the ball and kind of drove towards the bucket and they put some bodies on him and were a little physical, knock him to the ground. But if anything, he's going to grow and he's going to learn from that and cut maybe tailor his game a little bit or maybe realize, hey, I need to get in the weight room more and get a little stronger. It's the same thing with almost like being the little brother Growing up, if you get beat on by your bigger brothers, you finally realize you got to change stuff or maybe get stronger. Or how about hey. Michael Jordan against the Pistons in the 80s yeah. saying, well, you know, I didn't really lift weights until those guys were beating the hell out of me. And then I decided to fight back by basically getting stronger. He'll learn from that, but he needs to be playing. Now, speaking of little brothers, I don't think he's a little brother in the sense of because they're twins, but he plays like the little brother. Jordan Davis, we saw 14 minutes from him. A season got 33. I think we've finally seen the point now where we can say, it's time. Jordan Davis, please ride some pine here. And Connor Siegen, please I start. Think, I think a sit next to Connor Siegen, in my mind, when I first started messing with our sports director, Zach Heilprin, like talking, you know, back and forth, talking a little right smart game one, he should be about Connor Siegen. Yeah. I would say since about game five, Game five, way back in November, I was all in on him literally getting big time minutes because we said we should be starting the first game. It didn't take that much to see that the kid was a player. I know. The first game, we're like, dude, Jordan Davis, no. Connor Siegen, yes. 
well, he's a freshman. His defense needs to come along. He can do the do the do. All time scoring, top ten all time scoring. <laughs> but in the state of let him start. I think the best thing that came out of that entire Indiana game because if you watched it, there was nothing in the twenty one to twenty first half. No team shot the ball well. It was it was disgusting to watch. If you were a Hoosier fan or a Badger fan. And the second half just got even worse for the Badgers. The best thing that came from that game was the broadcast confusing two people in the stands. <laughs> as oh, Connor Asijin's parents. Incredible. I messaged the group yeah, of you like, guys going, so old? why does Connor Asijin's parents look like they're 70? <laughs> yeah, they look old. Asijin takes the Twitter he's like, at, at CBS Sports is like, y'all yo, yo are wild for this. This is my actual family with the out, crying emojis. Yeah, tweets out his, his <laughs> senior day Nothing like at, the, the great grandparents of whoever the hell they were in the stands. Well, right. That was the best part. It was like, well, when he tweeted out the picture of his real family yeah. walking him out on senior day, it's like, oh, I can see that. His He kind of looks like his dad. Yeah. The people in the stands, they looked like they could be his his grandparents. Yeah. They didn't even really look like him I mean, at all. Who are these random people in the stands? Whole, this whole Connor Asian starting, not starting kind of situation reminds me of Moneyball. Scott Hedeberg. Well, he's never played first base. Don't make me point at Pete again. <laughs> I'm what does he do? He gets on base. What does he do? He scores. Yeah. And it's at, a team that, that point, doesn't if, score. Yeah, yeah. If you can put up points and you give up, you know, let a guy get by you for two, but you're making three. That's a win. Yeah, and that's, I think it's one more point per possession than than we're getting from somebody else. This team, when when they were 100 percent healthy, they were playing really good defense. Yeah, like they were they were yeah. tough oh, to yeah. score on inside. They were even tough to score on from the perimeter. Remember in those yeah, early lockdown. yeah those early tournaments like against Kansas and everything, mm-hmm. they had the national broadcast and teams being like, "This team is incredibly hard just to even get good looks on the perimeter." That has not been there. Yep. Tyler Wall being inside is a huge blow to your interior defense, and it's a guy that you could <laughs> pretty much count on getting ten and ten. Yes, like you look at what. The I guess technically your three, four, and fifth big men on your roster did against Indiana. They didn't even combine for ten points. Like they they were struggling to be ten and ten all combined. Yeah, and that that's obviously a huge loss. And then we were talking about outside of Chucky, who can you go get a bucket with? Crawl inconsistent as of late. Uh, no, wall not game. wall not there. And <laughs> Connor Asijin really doesn't the, get the full playing time. And I yeah. think one further. They don't give him enough shots because there were times where Connor Seasons like five of seven shooting the basketball and he's got the fourth little well, shots on the look team. Look at their loss two games ago. Connor Seasons got like two shots in the second half after being in double figures the first half. All right, news of the word coming up. First, let's go to the phones. Line four. Good morning. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Hey, um, just a quick note on the Badgers. Yeah. Uh, so who who do they got? Um, that is above average in the Big Ten, like as far as like a Big Ten player, right? I would say people, above average, they, they probably have three guys in their starting lineup above average for the Big Ten. I think I would go with Hepburn, Crowell, and Wall when healthy. Yeah. Okay. And then on their bench, it's just a season, right? Uh, yes. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I think I Max think... Klesman's pretty average, no, like but he's been a good addition yeah. to the team. He's solid. Yeah, he's good until he's got to play upper echelon Big Ten team. Well, they put him on guys that are like four inches taller than him every time. He's got a he does a good job. Yeah. though. I know it's just he's his 
he's such a liability on offense. He reminds me of uh, – He can stroke at the three ball once in a while. Yeah. I think I'd call like, him pretty like, average like a, for Big like Ten play. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm talking like above average. And I guess yeah. I'm just saying like in basketball you got to give the five best players on your team the most minutes and yes. they're not doing that right now. So, Gardo did say after the game that it's, it sounds like the season is going to be starting because we got to get him more minutes after he had 33. So that's fingers dude, crossed. I know he does other things too. I'm like, I'm not saying that I don't appreciate the other things that Jordan Davis does, but if I have to watch him brick another like <laughs> corner three, corner <laughs> three, dude, it's very frustrating. Well, I think the, one Daniel, of the other so problems is if we're talking about only playing guys that are average to above average for the Wisconsin Badger basketball team, you got like maybe a six guy rotation, and that you can't play that every game. Yeah, but <laughs> they, they need they need to keep winning, otherwise they're not going to make the tournament. I know. We need Tyler Wall back bad, Daniel. Hey, uh, any words of advice for Vikings fans today? Oh, I don't have any Vikings fans, friends. I oh. just have one, one brother. <laughs> I have one brother-in-law that's a Vikings fan. Oh, classic and, uh, brother-in-law. I think I, uh, I I put a little bit of like a, a not-so-nice message in our uh, family group <laughs> that last day. Oh. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was like, yeah, so you're not frauds, right? Like, or something like that. <laughs> he didn't respond, so I, I might have burned a bridge. He probably, he probably said I might have burned a bridge. Like, <laughs> Brian Gutekunst. Did you hear much of this at all? Did you check out any of the... Or I saw a little bit that? here and there, but uh, I didn't really dig into it too much. Well, let's dig a little bit here. Uh, Brian Gutekunst obviously asked a lot of questions about one certain individual. Aaron Charles Rogers. Goody was asked, do the Packers want Rodgers back at age 39 for 2023? Take a listen to Goody. Yeah, like I said in the bye week, I think, uh, you know, I want all these guys back. That's that's part of that. Um, he's certainly going to take some time. You know, I think that's, you know, that's fair. Um, and as we work through this, I think um, uh, as he takes his time, kind of makes his decision just on his playing career in general, then we'll get together and, and move forward that way. So he says he wants all of the guys back. Now, again, take a, a moment here and remember what politicians, GMs, coaches all have in common. Once they get on that podium, they're liars. They never say anything that's truthful. It's always, you know, cause no waves, just lie through your teeth, whatever. But, right, if he wants everyone back, aren't the Packers in cap hell? Yeah, so clearly he wanted everybody back last year. And I, so a lot of people were giving Brian Gutekunst a lot of heat for, say, his draft or maybe lack of free agents. And I think, for the most part, Brian Gutekunst, like, early on, what, he missed on Jimmy Graham, but he's hit on a ton of free agents over the year. Remember, uh, Jimmy Graham was the miss, but Mercedes Lewis has been really good. Yep. Um, Ricky Wagner, former Badger, where he was there for a year, he was solid. Smith Brothers. Billy Turner. The Smith brother, like he has been really, really good in free agency. Now his drafts have been hit or miss. Some of his, well, none of his third round picks have ever been good. No, but the the draft has been hit or miss, but the free agents have been really good thumbs up. And then we finally got to a point where it was 2020, you know, they're a game away to go to the Super Bowl. You think that you got the Buccaneers dead to rights. And then the Kevin King happens. The, the, yeah, the kicking the field goal instead of going for all that transpires and you miss and you go back in 2021, you retool, you think you got a better roster. You kept a lot of the guys and 
you were one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. And you laid an egg to the San Francisco 49ers in the divisional round Just at home. Run it back. And they did their best to run it back. They brought back pretty much almost everyone that fans wanted. Devondre Campbell, uh, Russell Russell Douglas. Douglas. Like they retained pretty much everybody and ran it back. Now the cap space got tighter. The number of moves and restructures got tighter, but they brought it back. And on paper, I don't think there was anybody in this state that didn't think that this team would win 11 to 14 games And and clearly be a playoff threat. We all saw what happened. And now you talk about cap hell. Can't unsee it. They are arguably in a real tough competition with them and the Carolina Panthers, who are in the worst cap situation in the NFL. We're talking now, cap hell. The Panthers, the one thing they got going for them is the Panthers were worse than the Packers, so they got higher draft picks. And remember, <laughs> the Panthers traded McCaffrey. They traded uh, Robbie Anderson. They picked up additional draft capital. Uh-huh. So now they're just kind of waiting out the, the contracts that they had that are crappy, where the Packers are right in the middle of this. The Packers have kicked so much caps, uh, cap down the, the road they signed Aaron Rodgers to the big deal. They've brought back as many players as they they can over the last couple of years. They are in this now for the long haul. If you quit now, you're going to have a high salary cap with a team that's now, not very good. Yeah. So and like they, they they're stuck. They are where they are. Let's hear more from Brian Gutekunst about you know bringing Rodgers back. He, he was asked. I love this. Why would you want to bring a forty year old Aaron Rodgers back next year, Brian Gutekunst? Here he is. Well, you know, certainly this year was, you know, I think uh, he was dealing with some moving pieces, uh, some injuries and things like that. It wasn't a great year offensively for us as a whole. Um, but, I mean, you guys saw as well. He, he still can play at a very high level. I really like the way he led us. Um, so, you know, again, I think as we move forward over the next month or so, we'll, you know, start putting these things together and see, see how that transpires. All right, so Rodgers was talking about after uh, they lost the Lions. Is it, you know, mutual decision to have bring both back? Here's Goody. Is it, is it really just all Rodgers, though, decision whether he wants to be back in Green Bay or not? We made a really big commitment to him, you know, last offseason, you know, so I think uh, as we did that, it wasn't certainly for just this year. So, we'll, like I said, He's going to take his time, and, and, and the communication will be you know, you know, pretty constant as we move forward. Again, I want to play this one more time for the, all the Aaron Rodgers haters and detractors out there. There is a reason why, again, they committed to Rodgers. And Brian Gutekunst? We made a really big commitment to him you know, last offseason. You know, so I think uh, as we did that, it wasn't certainly for just this year. So we'll like- end it right there. The, from the horse's mouth itself. Now, again, I did start this segment talking about how well not Thailand and how to Instagram models of Cliff Kingsbury about how GMs coaches politicians all lie in the podium but when he says this rowdy you know so I think uh, as we did that it wasn't certainly for just this year so I'm gonna take on his word for that one because that's a lot of money to be on the hook for if you just were to try one year with it yeah and then here's the other thing though we were talking leading up to those comments how the Green Bay Packers are kind of in it for the long haul. You can't just quit now mm-hmm. with keeping Aaron Rodgers and kicking all this money down the road. Yep. At this point, you got to kind of keep doing it. Yep. Until you made your bed. Until you get off the ride, you kind of got to keep doing it. And at this upcoming offseason, it is projected that once you increase the salaries, you increase the salary cap and all of the different cap hits. 
The Green Bay Packers are projected to be about $40 million above the cap, Mm. which means they got to get below the cap and they don't have a ton of things that they can do. Like they're pretty straightforward in things they can do, but it's not a ton of moves. Like each year, like 20 after the 2020 season, they had moves where they could get under, they could sign guys, blah, Mm. blah, blah. 2021 off season, they had the ability to retain everybody, but they didn't have a lot of free agency moves this year. If they go this route, probably even less flexibility because this, <laughs> these are the moves in which they can get under that 40 extend Rashawn Gary. You're probably going to do that, right? I would imagine so. you could probably even do it for a little bit cheaper yeah, because he, he blew his ACL out. Yeah. Restructure Jair Alexander. I did, think did you just re- I think that makes sense because he just, just signed that contract. Yeah, restructure that makes sense. So restructuring him, it would be his first restructure. Yep. Another one, restructure Kenny Clark. This would be a restructure of a, a restructure. restructure. That's the one. That's where you start getting a little bit uh, scratching the head. Like, <laughs> are we going to pay this guy about fifty million by <laughs> the time we, it's his last year? What are we going to do here? And then here, these are all the same. You can cut, restructure, or trade all of these players. Aaron Jones. David Bakhtiari, Preston Smith, Rasul Douglas, Devondre Campbell. Those are all cut restructure trades. And the only other one that are big time moves that you can make to help get under is trade Darnell Savage, which then you'd only have to eat part of his contract, which is going to be almost 8 million because they picked up his option and you probably aren't going to re-sign him moving forward. But that's, that's a lot of big time names. Yep. That you are going to have to mess with just to get under there. And it's going to be another off season like last year. You it's, made your bed. If you get out now, you're you're doomed. You're doomed. If you stay in it, you got a shot with Rodgers, but you're going to be doomed. All right, we'll get to the phone calls in one second. We'll play one more clip from Brian Gutekunst. And yeah, J.A. Krebs dismissed. How many times do I tell you guys the, the salary cap is a fake number? It's totally fake. You can find ways to get under it and whatnot, but there's a lot of money they're kicking down the road. And here's the other thing. It might be fake for them getting under it, but getting under it is one thing, and getting it under it to sign legit players to That's help another. your team is another thing. So real quick before the phone calls, Brian Gutekunst was asked. Now, this is the million-dollar question a lot of people are wondering. When is it going to be Jordan Love's time? Goody was asked, which quarterback gives you a better chance in 2023, Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love? Well, I mean, you're talking about a four-time MVP, right? So um, we are very excited about Jordan and where he's at. There's no doubt about that. Um, but Jordan's never played a 16, 17-game season, gone through all that stuff. So um, it's no different than we moved from, you know, Brett to, to Aaron, right? You know, I mean, so you just that's – a, that's a hard thing to say. But at the same time, I mean, where Aaron's at, the level he's at, um, you know, he would. I think he, there's not many teams he wouldn't give the best chance to win. Now, I didn't follow his presser. I'm only hearing these clips. I saw some people tweeting about it roughly on Friday, but didn't really dig into it because yeah. honestly, I didn't care. It's the weekend. He had to, he's into the super wild card. Um, you know what I take away from that? I feel like Brian Gutekunst is saying, We made our bed. We gave Aaron Rodgers this money. We are going to have to continue to play the off seasons the way we've played them. I'm going to have to do well in the draft. I think that's kind of a common thing. But I think the the thing with Rodgers is he's our guy. He's our best chance to win. If Aaron doesn't want to come back and he decides to walk away, we feel all right having Jordan in this situation. But 
from what I gather, he's still all in on Rodgers, or else he wouldn't have given him that contract. Well, yeah, said in the, you know, like, and that's that's what I'm saying. More it's than like one year. I think he's he's comfortable that the team will be all right if Rodgers steps away, but clearly Rodgers is the guy. That gets you the wins. Yep. Line one. Good morning. Who's this? This is Nader. Nader. Nader censored. What's up, Nader? Censored. Yeah, real good. Um, what, the one question I have is, what? How have we done in the draft? Really, with first round picks. To me, it seems like first round picks are. I look at them as completely overrated. That I would rather have three third round picks no, that no. will bat. I'm going to go to the third round's terrible, Nader. He he is missing like every single third round pick. <laughs> that is he. Is he? I'm I'm asking. I'm picking brains here. And again, who was our second? Rogers is the best player on the team. He's the most valuable. That's correct. Well, so for the the draft that just happened, Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt were first round. Um, Quay Walker. I mean, if you're if you're a medical trainer, you don't really care for the pick. But he did decent. Then. Yeah, Devontae Quay Walker's a player. On. He's going to be there. He looks legit. Really? And Devontae, Devontae Wyatt started coming on when Dean Lowry got hurt because he yeah. finally started getting more snaps, and he looks like he could be a player too. Before that, Eric Stokes was and he, he was gotta, and he you always hurt. have to, judging, you have to look like four years ahead. Yeah. That's well, a good start yeah, that we yeah, have because like yeah. with – that that totally with Bakhtiari, it just seems to be like that's the curse of all contracts. Is once they yeah. get good enough to pay them, it's over. Yeah, I it's mean, just it happens year in and year out for all different sports. Like the guy, yeah, so once you, you know, get your big money, these, maybe the fire dies out it, a little it, bit. It, it it has to. I I mean, they work their butts off to get, get to the top, and then you get your paycheck, and then now you're not going to the weight room so much because you have five times the amount of money you used to have. Well, I mean, it's it's just an adjust. You know, if I got a if I got a raise that was, you know, triple my pay, I'd, I'd be like, well, I'm not really going to. Nah, Nader, you're, I, the, I, you're the anomaly. You'd work even harder. Nader, some people Probably. say it's it's <laughs> harder to get to the mountaintop. Others say it's harder to stay there. I think it's harder to stay there. It, it is hard to stay there. That's the damn truth. And, you know, then you're more scrutinized. Like the boss says, I'm going to give you a dollar raise. But I'm going to be looking for a little more results. Yeah, I'm like, oh, keep your dollar. I'm comfy. need <laughs> <laughs> that forty bucks ain't going to be what you're going to be worth riding my ass for. Hey Nader, before that you go, any words of advice for the Viking? Any Vikings fans out there? Oh, uh, hi guys. How are you guys doing today? Nice to hear you. Nice to hear you. Like I have all year. That's what you get when you're a team that you spend your lives rooting against another team. Because, like, as a Packer fan, you're we're used to being on the top of the mountain. Yeah. So, meanwhile, the Vikings, all they do is just root for whatever team is playing against the Packers and take so much pride in beating the Packers. But then as soon as they're gone, you step right on you-know-what. You're dong. <laughs> Nader, yeah. We love you, buddy. <laughs> or they don't have one. <laughs> see you later. <laughs> all right, later. Uh, let's see here. Line two, good morning. Morning, guys. This is Bill. Hey, Billy. What's up, Bill? Well, I'll tell you what, Nelson, I disagree with what you just said. If the Packers believed in Jordan Love, he would have played in that losing stretch when Rodgers had a broken thumb on his throwing hand. I don't think they believe I, in Jordan. I think they think that they're, they're if if Rodgers walks away, they're fine with where Jordan Love is at. I don't. I don't think that they're sold on love, obviously, because they would have never gave Rodgers the contract. And, and and to play devil's advocate, I think Rodgers was very adamant on playing because he he knew he wasn't. He still he still could, and there was obviously the shot at making the the playoffs. 
And I don't think Jordan Love could have done that. Well, I, yeah, he couldn't have. I, I just, I just think all these Rogers haters. I think if Jordan Love was that good, they would have said, "Aaron, we need you to hand for a week or two. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think Jordan Love's just that good, you know. Well, I agree. With, that's my point. Yeah. I'm not a, I, I want Rodgers as long as we can. Give me, give me Rodgers. Yeah, and that's the same thing, Bill. It's like I'm not, I'm not anxious for Jordan Love to get out there. Never was, didn't want it. But I think just from these comments, I think they think he's okay. Like if they had to play him, they're willing to play him. But Rodgers is the guy. Well, you know, and the other thing is with all this, I don't think our team's so bad. I think if you keep Joe Barry around, you should be fired. I think Hell you, yeah! I think if you, I think if you talk about hiring Nathaniel Hackett as an assistant head coach, I mean it was a cluster. You know what in Denver? Yeah. I mean he he, he couldn't even make it the whole year, and you're going to bring him back. Well, there's really, this too. Uh, Matt Lafleur's brother, Mike Lafleur, who is the OC for the Jets, he was fired, and Le, and Matt Lafleur tried mutual. to had this. Yeah, sorry, mutual parting. They he tried to hire him before. So he, you might see another LaFleur on staff coming up here. Well, <laughs> <laughs> all right, whatever. Bill, we love you, Bill. Any, any words of advice for Vikings fans? <laughs> it was a great game, wasn't it? It, it was. was it was. It was. You're the man, Bill. Take care, guys. Bye. Uh, bring us home, line three. Morning. Hey, Nate. Um. I think what Rowdy's trying to say is the Packers feel like Jordan Love could be a top 15 to 20 quarterback in the league. I mean, you build the right team around guys and people like Dilfer and Brad Johnson, they win Super Bowls. Now, don't, don't, don't take that as I'm saying Jordan Love's going to take us to the promised land. I'm just pointing out facts here. Uh, when Goody stands there and says, Oh, like when Aaron took over for Brett, I'm sorry, the way Aaron looked against Dallas is way better than Jordan Love has looked against anybody, even the practice squad. So don't twist your words, man. Lastly, as far as Goody goes, um, what do you want him to say in a press conference? I mean, it's like being a politician. You've got to stroke everybody's ego and you got to just say the right answers. You, they're going to say, this guy's great, but trade him the next day. And as far as uh, Mike LaFleur goes, not his fault that Zach Wilson sucked and that Mike White got folded into oblivion. As far as all of the guys in Minnesota goes, don't worry. It's another year you don't have to worry about surprising your wife with a ring. <laughs> See you, Nate. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, yeah, our guy B-Rail on Twitch, and I just looked. Rams, the L.A. Rams are expected to hire Mike LaFleur as their O.C., so he will not be coming to the Packers. All right, one more before break. I'm, I'm a terrible liar. Line four, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Oh, oh, Wisco Chad. Chad. Hello. I, I just, I mean, I, I figured it was a great day to call in. It would be better if the Packers were playing, but second best if the Vikings lose. It doesn't, it doesn't suck. I'll tell you that. It doesn't suck. <laughs> it was schadenfreude, a little bit of it. It's awesome. <laughs> it doesn't suck. What's going on, Wisco Chad? Uh, you know, it's, it's pretty curious that uh, Zedarius is pretty quiet. Uh, joke. <laughs> and zero hands shaking. Yeah, he uh, he disappeared. <laughs> Despite, you know, quite a bit of time where he could have been rushing the passer. Yeah, yeah. He did He did get Daniel Jones, I think, one, I do remember one time he got him. So he, he did do a little something-something. 
But, you know, at the end of the game, when they were, like, pinning their ears back, Daniel Jones seemed perfectly comfortable just taking sacks and barely running around to kill the clock. It, It just... Again, it was it was great to see that. The it's great, great super wild card weekend. Who you got tonight then? The boys with Big Mike or Tom Brady and the Bucks? Oh, TV. You TV's and TV TV twelve. TV is taking uh, Big Mike to Tuna Town. <laughs> <laughs> and Tom Brady's got a new girlfriend to impress. Eh, I mean, Tom probably had a new girlfriend every other week since he. Hey, what? hey, he wouldn't do Giselle like that. They only broke up because he wanted to, he was married to the game before Giselle. Yeah, I mean, how many more years is Tom going to play? Two? Three? I, I don't know. If the Niners or the Raiders get him, who knows? Yeah, until the end of time. Yeah. He's <laughs> found the fountain of youth. He's sold the soul to the devil. We'll never, we'll never oh, be rid yeah. of him. I agreed that he did that years ago. Yeah. Until he looks but, like yeah. about the same age as uh, Connor Sejan's supposed parents. One young Ben Kenny. Oh, good morning, Benjamin. Hello. Ben, I got a... I was going to save this for you when you said something stupid, but I just wanted to... It was on the tip of my tongue. I just thought of it. My buddy randomly messaged me yesterday out of nowhere. And he goes, Ben Kenny roots for the casino. <laughs> it's good to know that they're thinking of me. Because, yeah, he just pops into my head once in a while when I think of his dumb takes. <laughs> ben Kenny roots for the casino. Yeah. That stems off of uh, you been, you saying the raise the banner, but not in championship connotations. Sure. Wisconsin football. Sure. Good weekend? Yeah. Yeah, I hit a lot of golf balls, watching watch football. It was good. Did you think of turning the game off Saturday night? No. Actually, not once. I was uh, out with a friend watching it, and we we left to where we were at halftime, and he was just going to go and not watch. And I was like, oh, no, I'm I'm all in. Like, they're coming back in this game. Did you so, go to a Waffle House equivalent afterwards to celebrate? Like Trevor uh, Lawrence going did to Waffle not, House? But, I mean. I guess it would be a Denny's. My, my Jaguars are making things happen. Yeah. What's that? I said my Jaguars are making things happen. We were, every, who wasn't jagging off Saturday night? Yeah. I, uh, Doug Peterson just ran circles around Staley. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Oh, the Chargers' I'm, ultimate chokers. Worse than the Packers. Yeah. It's just, like, it, it's impossible to for them not to. All right. Uh, here we go. We're, we've been waiting to talk about this. we got Mike Clements coming up in 10 minutes. Corbin Burns and the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, I know you're not a fan of letting pitchers pitch, Ben, but what about letting <laughs> pitchers get paid? Especially a Cy Young pitcher. Rowdy, what's happening with Corbin Burns? Well, the Milwaukee Brewers, this has been duly noted all offseason, they've signed one Major League Baseball player to a contract. That was Wade Miley for about $4.5 million. At the time of that signing, the estimated team payroll was about $115.5 million. Well, they had about 14 players that were arbitration eligible and they actually came to agreements with all but one that one being Corbin Burns and they actually saved about three and a half million towards their projected payroll through not going to arbitration with their uh, players so their their average a, a projected payroll is now about 112 million well Corbin Burns filed at just over 10 million or sorry Corbin Burns filed at 10.8 million. The Milwaukee Brewers filed at just over 
ten million dollars. Yeah. It's a difference of seven hundred and forty thousand dollars. <laughs> but here's the big thing. Why are you haggling for less than a million dollars with your Cy Young pitcher, the ace of your staff, and the guy that most fans would like to see you lock up because he's the closest thing you have to generational talent? Let's see. Here's a third of an inning away from qualifying for the Cy Young because his manager wouldn't let him pitch. Then he won the Cy Young, and then he was in the Cy Young race, top five, top four? If you go back and look at at Corbin Burns' career arc, he was a kid drafted by the Brewers, a lot of high hopes, became a minor league pitcher of the year, came up in 2018 when they were in the midst of that uh, playoff run to pitch not only out of the bullpen but make spot starts and look really good. Then remember 2019 is when they threw him, Peralta, and Woodruff 100% into the rotation, Mm -hmm. and he still had the good stuff. He wasn't locating. He had to go change a few things. He goes to the pitching lab because, remember, he got demoted all the way to double A in 2019. Yep. 2020 comes back in that shortened season is literally like an out or two away from qualifying for the Cy Young. They didn't get him. There. I think it was one out away. 2021, he wins the Cy Young, and now he's right back in the mix in 2022. There's been countless number of times where he's had perfect games and no hitters where he gets pulled. Yep. There's been a number of games in which it's a close competitive game where back in the day, it's not even a thought. Nope, he gets pulled. Your big time pitcher is going to pitch out of it. Nope, he's getting nope. pulled. We'll just have a seat right and here. When you look at him and Brandon Woodruff, the Brewers, well, they settled with Woody out of arbitration and they gave Brandon Woodruff a $4 million raise. What they offered Corbin Burns was like $3.8 million raise. Now, if you look at those two, because they're clearly your best two pitchers, you have Corbin Burns, who has been basically in the Cy Young mix since 2020, and he's won an award. He's one of three Milwaukee Brewers to ever win a Cy Young award. Yep. He has been the ace of your staff and the best pitcher. He is younger than Brandon Woodruff. The only thing Brandon Woodruff actually has on Corbin Burns at this point is slightly more service time. Now, there has been some scuttlebutt in the organization Ooh, the scuttlebutt. that... Corbin Burns and the Brewers front office are butting heads because Corbin Burns wants a new deal. He wants money. He wants to be paid. Yeah. Obviously the Milwaukee Brewers are going to run him down on arbitration because that's the Milwaukee Brewers. They're not interested in paying a lot of money. They don't have to pay It's small market. Makes sense. But I feel like this has become personal because if you were to give Brandon Woodruff, who everybody likes, he's clubhouse guy, a $4 million raise. Wouldn't you say at a minimum, you're giving Corbin Burns a $4 million raise. They're at the same exact year of arbitration. They're on their third year of arbitration. Both have one more. Corbin Burns has arguably been better for the last three years. Wouldn't you say that it'd probably be fair and you could easily talk both sides and be like, well, we're giving Brandon $4 million. We'll give you $4 million. If you weren't going to give him more than like, that. Hey, you want to sign young for us, you know? It's it's literally, they came in and lowballed him even on that yeah. by 200 grand. Yeah. And then the official filings were 740,000. If you were really interested in making this guy your ace and your long-term starter, wouldn't you, wouldn't you be in good faith saying, hey, you know what? You filed at 10-8. We're going to give you 10-8. I think with the rumors, 
I think with their actions, it's gotten personal to where the point is they just say, well, screw you. We're coming in low. Corbin Burns is not going to be a Milwaukee Brewer after 2024. No. He might not even be a Brewer in 2024. And I wouldn't be surprised that if things really went downhill before the trade deadline, if they did exact same thing they did last year and trade him like Josh Hader at the deadline. I I think there's about a 5% chance Brandon Woodruff is a Brewer uh, moving forward past this contract. Why wouldn't contract. you pay the man his money? I think they're going to ink up so much Brandon Woodruff, which he's borderline, in my opinion, to ink up long term. Yeah. But he's definitely behind Corbin Burns, who's number one. He's definitely behind Josh Hader, and he was definitely behind Willie Adamas. And I, I like Brandon Woodruff. He's great. But where he's at in his career with his age... And the money, if you're really getting down to it and you're trying to be a good baseball team and you're trying to win, it's Corbin Burns is the one you lock up. But they, they're they not. So, he's not going to be a bro. I don't so have Corbin, any faith in that. When's Corbin Burns going to be a Yankee or a Met? I think the soonest you could see him being traded is this deadline if the Brewers are out of it or next winter. I do not see an extension for Corbin Burns. Benjamin, before we get to Mike Clemens, when do you think – Well. It, Hey, if you were in charge, would you give Brandon Woodruff his money? Or uh, Corbin Burns his money? You know, it's a shame. Or would you go to arbitration with him and, and nickel and dime him? Well, the Brewers do such a good job at keeping him healthy and making sure he's effective over the course of a long season. Yeah, for the season. next team he signs for. So it's a shame he's going to have to go somewhere else that doesn't value his health. The like Brewers like, the other thing. Can be a Yankee and Matt. He'll think us later. If they're I'm not going to value his health like the Brewers do. let him pitch. <laughs> if I'm a Major League Baseball player... I am, unless I had a really bad year, I am trying to go to arbitration like every year. Unless they give me some sweetheart deal, which is few and far between, especially when haggling with a team like the Brewers. But if you're going to nickel and dime players, you nickel and dime the borderline players that are like uh, 20th on your 30 man roster, right? Yeah. Like you're not nickel and diming your superstars to piss them off and get into heated contracts. That's exactly what they're doing to Corbin Burns. It makes zero sense. A commentator, John Madden, said if if he's got dry eyes, he's coming back. If he's teared up, he's done. Tough. Love to play the game. Love these guys. Love to compete. Um, And uh, it just shows. Is this it? Um, We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I, I wish I knew. You know, he'll make his decision. I, I don't have any doubts. I don't think he's holding us up on purpose. And, and um, I think there'll be a conclusion to this at some point. He's certainly going to take some time. You know, I think that's, you know, that's fair. Um, and that as we work through this, I think um, uh, as he takes his time, kind of makes his decision just on his playing career in general, then we'll get together and, and move forward that way. Good question. I miss the guys. I miss the fans. Yeah. Thank you. Oh man, look at my life. I'm a lot like you were. Tearing up over here. Oh man, Brett Favre got me crying a little bit. Not because he owes me money. I don't identify as the state of Mississippi. Just because I cried so many times over the gunslinger, man. And now Aaron Rodgers, Mike Clements. Good morning, dude. What's going on? Right. Nice music choice, by the way. Right. Man. I mean, I sat in there in Gutekind's uh, press conference that went over a half hour, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is 2008 all over again. Oh, my God. <laughs> but Rodgers, though, not as uh, bubbly and tear- tearful-eyed as uh, Brett Lorenzo Favre, though, you know? No, no. Um, but, you know, he's also, 
he's you know he's he's broken barriers. I mean, because uh, you know at this point with Favre, and I forgot that Favre was already thirty eight years old. He was just a year behind where where Rogers is in his career. Um, that you know they he loses the NFC Championship game to the Giants, and then January happens, and it's like uh, is Ted going to call or nothing? Yeah, right. Nothing. And then McCarthy calls and says, yeah, how you come along with the decision? Okay, well, we need, you know, free agency starts here in, uh, in March, and the, Ted kind of liked to know. <laughs> and so that goes on for like two months, and then finally Favre just, all right, fine, I quit. Leave me alone, all right? right? <laughs> and then he goes on David Letterman and says, you know, I've got the itch. So Gutekinds was asked, okay, really, moving forward, why would you want a 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers back next year? Well, you know, certainly this year was, you know, I think uh, he was dealing with some moving pieces, uh, some injuries and things like that. It wasn't a great year offensively for us as a whole. Um, but, I mean, you guys saw as well. He still can play at a very high level. I really like the way he led us. Um, so, you know, again, I think as we move forward over the next month or so, we'll, you know, start putting these things together and see, see how that transpires. Man, now Rodgers had said that he's going to, you know, get an answer down quickly because of free agency just talking about it. Goody, you know, taking his time. Are we going to have another long, drawn-out offseason, Mike? Well, probably, because, you know, Aaron has said those words about, hey, I won't take forever. I'm not going to drag this out. But then he did. We need headlines. We love headlines. Um, I think think Aaron feels at this point he's got less leverage to fight to have Randall come back yet another year or Mercedes Lewis at 39 or 40, you know, some of those kinds of decisions, maybe even Mason Crosby. Uh, There's an important thing that Brian Gutekind said there about Aaron Rodgers. And that is, I like the way he led us. And, and the fact is, and it didn't get played up that much, Aaron Rodgers, who's not a vocal leader, never was, even used to say 10 years ago, it's great to have Charles Woodson here because that's not me. I'm, I'm not a stand up on the, you know, on the bench and start yelling at every guy. But he, but he was. He did talk more and, and, and did work the room and try to help younger players uh, more and more and more. And I think, you know, credit LaFleur for getting that out of him. But then one of the key things I thought we talked to Goodigans about was this. Did they consider Jordan Love when Rodgers has got the fractured thumb, you know, after the Giants game? You know, you lose to the Jets, you lose to Washington, you lose, you lose five games in a row. And why was Rodgers unable to score in big games again like Detroit? You know, you know like when, you, when your defense, uh, when you're playing the 49ers, you couldn't get any scores on them in the NFC Championship game. In the, in the, against the Buccaneers before, when Tom Brady got intercepted three times and you couldn't score at home at Lambeau Field or against the stinking Lions at the end of the season. Well, I definitely, they're all big games for us, but certainly, you know, those, the season enders are, you know, so magnified. Um, as a team, we've struggled to figure out a way to play really well in these final games, you know. Um, that have everything on the line, kind of winner or go home game. So um, we're continuing to look at that. Um, it's very important to us. Um, but, you know, whenever you don't finish the Super Bowl off of the win, you're going to look back and, and feel and look at why you didn't play better in those games. During that stretch in October, how much consideration did you get to playing Jordan than quarterback with a fractured thumb missing practice? Yeah, I mean, I think as long as we're in it, you know, we were going to play the guy that gave us the best chance to win those games. You know, I talked here at the bye week. I think we might have been four and eight at the time. Um, it, it was, certainly wasn't looking good, but I did feel that if the guys could come together and just get something started, that we'd have a chance to get back in this. It wasn't in our control at that time. 
uh, really proud of, of you know not only the players but the coaching staff, the whole organization. Um, you know, we just you've seen teams quit before in those situations, and our guys never did. They kept coming to work. Um, they didn't blink. Um, and we had a couple games fall our way, and then just kind of you saw it going, and we were really excited to see if we could we could get into these playoffs and see what we could do. But it just didn't happen. But um, no, I think as long as you know, as long as we have an opportunity to keep winning games and keep moving forward and get in the playoffs, we're always going to make the decision to, to to go out and win the game. It's always then you know what about a guy he moved up in the draft to get Brian Gutekunst said is Jordan Love for right? Jordan Love, who also was in for ten plays against the Eagles and darn near looked like he was going to pull the game back for Green Bay and got, you know, a field goal, got a touchdown in just 10 plays, uh, created quite a spark there. The thing about it is this. Goodikins is a really smart guy who has just an unbelievable stream of information on every player on his team in the NFL, pretty good at, you know, recalling drafts from the last 15 to 20 years. I mean, it just comes out... He, 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 his mouth can't keep up with how fast his brain processes things sometimes. However, I, I guarantee you, when a guy doesn't talk to the media that much, and this is kind of crucial just for the direction of the team, what players are hearing, what the agents are hearing, and most important, what the fans are hearing, this stuff is rehearsed. You know, yeah, They yeah, go yeah. through the questions, and he kind of works on those answers, and he probably works on them with LaFleur. These guys were not begging for Aaron Rodgers to come back like they did the last two years. Uh, but the main thing that they said was this. Yes, we talked to Aaron last week for two days, and we pretty much just reviewed what went right and what went wrong with this season. In terms of the future of the team, first Aaron needs to decide if he wants to be a player. Mm. So that's where it's at right now. But you didn't hear these guys begging for him to come back. So then it's like, well, are they ready to move on to Jordan Love? And, you know, Goody kept on saying a lot of times it takes a year for a quarterback to settle in. Now, you know, tell that to Kyle Shanahan. I mean, his quarterback right. has won six in a row, Purdy. right? Purdy. Yeah. So, so Goodikins was asked straight, straight out, though, is Jordan Love ready to play? And as he said, all right, this is my fourth year, either play me or trade me. Well, I definitely think he's ready to play. You know, I think he feels that way. I think he's chomping at the bit. Um, but at the same time, we're going to do what's best for the Green Bay Packers and, and what gives us the best chance to win moving forward. Interesting. Now, again, a GM on a podium is just like a politician on a podium. They're just, they lie. You never get a straight answer, right? You know, they tr- these guys try not to lie. They, you know, and Ted did that too. They really, they didn't try to tell lies. But they just try and take it right up to, you know, the line of what they're really thinking. So, you know, I mean, he pretty much gave me the same answer as well when I said, you know, so you're in the middle of a five-game losing streak. Your quarter, your veteran quarterback has got a busted thumb. Now he's got bruised ribs, if not fractured ribs. Why don't you give Love a try, you know, it's a spark? Bring him in earlier in the game. And he said, yeah, I want to do what, what gives us the best chance to win. Okay, so that means that you still would rather have Rodgers and Love play. You yeah. don't think the Love is quite the guy, you know. Right. It kind of goes back and forth, but that's what he's saying. And then you take this over to the defensive side of the ball. And uh, rookie Quay Walker, who, by the way, got fined thirteen grand over mm. the weekend mm-hmm. when he got ejected from the game against the Lions. You know, he's out there, 
And DeAndre Swift is one of his guys. They played together at Georgia. It's a friend. So he's his friend that's down on the field against the Lions. He's concerned, and he's looking down. There's already three doctors around him, and then another medic comes in from the Lions' uh, sideline. And I think that the guy from the Lions did the wrong thing by pushing the linebackers. Here, get out of the way, kid. i got to get to this guy. And that's when Quay Walker turned like, who are you, and pushed him back. And they got the flag, and he got ejected for, for shoving that guy. Um, we asked him about Quay Walker and his, his temper because he got ejected twice last season. Yeah. Yeah, those are things he's going to have to clean up. Um, he's uh, he's got a lot of energy and passion on the field, and uh, those rea- reactionary things. Um, he's got to learn and grow from that. I think he will, and um, that's the man. That's who he is. And um, again, it can't happen. Um, but I was proud of the way he responded to it. We're about defense at times on how they graded out the missed tackles. You know, you want it to look more like the second time you played the Vikings. And the challenge of having to fill that linebacker spot after you lost for Sean. Yeah, I mean, losing Rashawn again, it's, you know, we were talking about Tay earlier and losing a guy like that. What he, when you take a guy out of your defense like that, it's, um, you know, that's tough to replace. It's tough to, to adjust. I did think the defense did a nice job when he was out because he's such a dynamic player. Um, you know that um, you know uh, you, you wondered how that was going to go, and I thought um, I thought Joe and his staff did a nice job of uh, adjusting once he left. Um, the first part of your question, I, yeah, I mean to me, and this you know, maybe I'm getting old, but you know, tack- tackling is almost an epidemic in, in our league right now, especially late in the year. But uh, yeah, I think the best defenses are good tackling teams. You got to be able to tackle in this league. It's got to be consistent. Um, and uh, I thought at times actually we were pretty pretty solid. Um, and then we hit some some spots where we weren't, and it certainly affects your your, your wins and loss column. For sure. I don't I don't think he's getting old, Mike. Tackling does seem to be an epidemic in the league. Yeah, it does. Although all those games I watched this weekend, I thought I don't think the Packers could have beat any of these teams. And who's this Dolphins team? Where were these guys? I mean, I just you know the Packers looked like a football team when they played the Vikings at Lambeau Field. The rest of the the rest of the time. There, they, there just wasn't enough flying around and physicality. Did you, did you get a chance to see some of the Giants against the Vikings? Oh yeah, I watched all of it. Man, I mean, flying. Brian Dable's just—he's perfect for New York. It's not that complicated an offense. Sometimes they run—they ran a Statue of Liberty play that would look kind of cool, but it's—it's it's just simple. You know what's coming, and they just execute. They knock people out with blocks, and they run you over, and they hit hard. On defense, Keyshawn Nixon, the return man, um, you know, he was, he was there with the Raiders and kind of underutilized, and he gets a chance with Green Bay, and Amari Rogers has like five muffed returns in the season. Third-round pick, this was what this guy, they were going to bring him in, sort of the next Randall Cobb. And so they ended up uh, cutting him, waving him. He got picked up by the Texans, and Keyshawn took over. I couldn't realize this, that even though he just took over in November, he had over 1,000 yards in kickoff returns, yeah. named to the first-team All-Pro on Friday afternoon. And so we were talking to Rich Bisaccia. You know, that Friday before the Vikings game, Keyshawn Nixon had a groin injury and didn't practice. And then he called Rich on Sunday morning and said, I feel like a Ferrari. Here's, here's some of that. Well, Friday, he wrote us off like, yeah, if you can't run by Friday, it probably won't happen. And uh texted the coaches this morning like, I feel like a Ferrari. He's like, huh? He said, I feel like a Ferrari. And came here. Uh, so running around, I'm like, ready to go. Rich, what was your reaction when uh, Keyshawn told you he felt like a Ferrari last Friday? 
you know, I just, I text him back. I said, well, that's Italian. So, it, um, you know, it's just typical Keyshawn. I text him early in the morning. I said, how you feeling? I know he had some work done uh, a couple of days before and, and uh, got some good rest of the day before. And that's what he texts back. He said, feeling like a Ferrari. And I said, text back, well, that's Italian. Well, I mean, he was a Ferrari, Mike. And then that Ferrari, just like a bunch of the Packers broke down against the Lions, side of the road. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Unfortunately, and I, I again, I just after watching all the wild card games this weekend, I just I started thinking, man, Green Bay's actually got further to go than I thought. Um, they may have to make a lot of roster changes. Uh, there's just there's just an attitude that's missing. I, you know, is Lafleur already starting to lose this team? I mean, those will be questions coming up. We're going to hear from Rogers. Uh, he said he'd talk on the McAfee show tomorrow. Ooh. So see if he'll, you know, have any more thoughts after watching the games over the weekend. But then it's, you know, the, one of the great games over the weekend was the Giants holding on to beat the Vikings 31-24. And, the, you know, the Vikings had had eight comeback wins during the season. But Kirk Cousins has got the ball in his hands, about a minute 50 left to go in the game. And on a fourth and eighth, he throws a three-yard pass to his tight end. And people are just driving themselves nuts. I see that Paul Allen, the voice of the Vikings, he tweeted out this morning, you know what, regardless, this has been one of the more fun seasons I've called because of all those close games. And, you know, he's looking forward to next year. I think they're pretty excited about Kevin O'Connell as a head coach winning the division his first year in, you know, and, and that impressive win over the Packers at the start. So after the game, Kirk Cousins was asked, you know, that fourth and eight at the end, I mean, do you wish you'd thrown something different than a three-yard pass? Third and eight is the one that I want back. I felt like getting man coverage, ball needs to be a little more out front of KJ. You know, it was right on him in the sense that the DB was able to break it up. I felt like the ball's out front. DB can't do that in man coverage. That's really the play that I want back is the third and eight. Thanks. You like that? You like that? You like that? I do like that. Mike, good stuff as always. And 57 for 57. That's how many times uh, they've tried and have not won the Super Bowl. The Vikings. They're 57 for 57. Perfect. Yeah, well, at least they're consistent. Yeah, consistent and inconsistency. Mike, we love you, buddy. Good stuff as always.